Welcome to Turning Point. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul writes passionately of the freedoms Christians have in Christ. Are you celebrating that freedom? Today, Dr. David Jeremiah begins a new series, Romans 8, the greatest chapter in the Bible, with a focus on what believers have been freed from through Christ's love and sacrifice. Here's David to introduce his message, A Revolutionary Freedom. Well, you joined us at a perfect time. We start a new series today. We're going to study the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, one chapter. It's the greatest chapter in the Bible, in my estimation. And we're going to take our time and go through every single verse. The next three weeks, we'll be studying Romans chapter 8. And you can get a copy of the Romans chapter 8 journal, which facilitates your writing the book of Romans in your own hand. In your own handwriting, you can write out the book of Romans, and it will change your life. We know that. We've tested it. We have hundreds and hundreds of people who did it. We uh, gave out 5,000 copies of this journal to our adults. And everywhere I go, people are telling me they're in the book of Romans, they're writing it, it's changing everything. So we'd like to send you that journal. It's our way of saying thank you for your gift to Turning Point during the month of November. Send a gift of any size to Turning Point and ask for your copy of the Written Word Journal. And uh, we also have a study guide that goes with this journey through Romans 8. You can request that as you go to our website, which is davidjeremiah.org. Well, today, verses 1 through 4 of Romans 8, a revolutionary freedom. Several years ago, an issue of the New York Times featured a story about a 50-year-old ex-convict named Robert Salzman. After a horrific childhood, Salzman spent most of his adult life in prison. When he was released from prison in 2001, he found it very difficult to enjoy his freedom. He didn't have any money. He couldn't pay his rent. He didn't know what to do. He'd lived so much of his life in prison, he didn't know how to live outside of prison. But finally, in June of 2010, Salzman had a grace-like experience. He was riding a New York City subway, and he was found by Rashad Ernesto Green, a writer and director who was searching for someone to play a tough-looking former convict for an upcoming film. <laughs> After an audition, Green surprised nearly everyone when he gave Salzman a key role for the film. In the following months, Salzman found it hard to believe that he had actually been set free, set free from prison, that he was outdoors, he was outside doing what he wanted to do. On one occasion, while he was filming with Green on location in a Long Island penitentiary, an exhausted Salzman fell asleep on a cot in the prison cell. When he woke up, he became very confused and thought he was still a prisoner. Salzman started crying in despair until it slowly dawned on him that he was now a free man. Salzman was overwhelmed by the joy of knowing that at any moment he could walk out of that cramped cell and through the prison doors. On the other side of the prison walls, he could enjoy his new life of freedom. In a very imperfect way, Salzman's story reminds me of many of us who have been set free by the gospel. But if we're not careful, we act like it hasn't happened. We forget that we're free. We wake up out of our sleep and can't figure out why the burden still seems so heavy upon us. 
it's because of that and also because I believe this is what the Lord wants us to do, I've decided to spend a few weeks in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Because in Romans chapter 8, we will learn about our freedom. Romans chapter 8 has been called the greatest chapter in the greatest book containing the greatest verse in all of Scripture, Romans eight twenty-eight. Whether all those things are true or not, this much is certain. There is no chapter in all of the Bible that presents so clearly what the spiritual life is really all about. That's one reason why so many preachers have dedicated so much time to teaching the 8th chapter of Romans. I was kind of shocked when I found out that John Piper preached 29 messages on Romans 8, just one chapter. And then I discovered John MacArthur preached 51. And then I discovered that Martin Lloyd-Jones preached 75 messages on one chapter in the Bible. He must have been preaching on the punctuation marks. Well, I want to comfort all of you. I'm going to preach nine messages from Romans 8. And I know that I won't be able to in any way contain the powerful truth of this chapter, but I hope you will take time to read it through several times in these next weeks and get acquainted with its truth once again. An old German commentator named Spiner said that if the Bible were a ring and the book of Romans its precious stone, then chapter 8 would be the sparkling point of the jewel. Stephen Cole, another writer, said, I've come to Romans 8 again and again. When I've been discouraged or depressed, I don't see how you can read Romans 8 and remain down. If you struggle with guilt, read Romans 8. If you struggle with sin, read Romans 8. If you don't know how to pray, read Romans 8. If you're struggling with the assurance of your salvation, read Romans Romans 8. So we begin this series on Romans 8 with just four verses, verses 1 through 4. These verses are like an overture to a great symphony. All of the themes of the entire chapter are mentioned in some way in the first four verses. And these verses will help us get our bearings for this whole study. Paul announces that if we're in Christ, something is true about us. What I want to do today in these four verses is help all of us to review and recapture what it means to be a Christian. What are the blessings that are ours because we're in Christ? No wonder many people have memorized this whole chapter. Because when you begin to doubt about your salvation, we begin to wonder if all of this is really true. You need to go back to the truths of Romans 8 and be encouraged and strengthened in your walk. So here are four things you should know about yourself if you're a Christian, if you are in Christ Jesus. First of all, you are free from the penalty of sin. If you're a Christian, if you've been born again, if you're saved, if you're in Christ Jesus, you are free from the penalty of sin. You don't have to read very far in the Bible before you discover that sin is a destructive and a deadly force. You remember David said in the Psalms, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Paul tells us that sin is universal. Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus said that sin originates with the devil in John eight forty one, And he says that 
The end of sin is condemnation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And against that backdrop, Paul's words in Romans 8.1 are totally astonishing to us. If all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God, how could it ever be said as it is in Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Against that backdrop is this incredible declaration of Paul. I want to unpack this verse. First of all, this verse teaches us the reason for our freedom. It's saying, therefore, because of what's happened, therefore, here's what's going to happen. If you read the first chapters of the book of Romans, you will see Paul extrapolating all of the details of salvation. How? When we were without strength, Christ died for us. And that we have been justified freely by the grace of God. And then you get to Romans 8 and verse 1, and you hear him saying, Therefore, because of all of this, you are free. We are not free because of anything we have done. We're not free because of the church we go to or the creed that we supposedly believe. We are free because God has done something to free us from our bondage and free us from our slavery. Romans 5.1 is the positive statement. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8.1 is the negative statement. Let me read the two verses together. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Therefore, because of what Christ has done, that's why we celebrate communion, so we can remember what he's done Therefore, because of communion, therefore, because of the cup and the bread and what it stands for, therefore, you and I today, there's no condemnation. Now, in our heads, we all believe that. We've probably heard some preacher say it, maybe this preacher. But let's take it a different way. Let's go down a different road. Let's stop at the next word. There is therefore now. That's the result of your freedom. Today, right now, where you are, you are not being condemned. This one fact alone is the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. The unbeliever has his judgment day before him. If he does not repent and receive Christ, one day he will be judged. The scripture says condemned. But the believer in Christ has his judgment day behind him. For the believer, the judgment is past and gone, and there is therefore now no condemnation. Here's a good word from Donald Gray Barnhouse. If the members of the human race are permitted to yell because their team won a football game, because their candidate won an election, because they have won $50 on a horse race, because their drilling has produced a gusher, then let us shout for joy because we are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is no condemnation for us now. You don't have to shout, but you could give the Lord a good hand clap right now for that. Amen. 
The Bible says that at this very moment, you and I, we do not have any condemnation over us. We are not condemned. There is therefore now, here's the next word, the reality of your freedom, no condemnation. Condemnation is a forensic term which includes both the sentence and the execution of the sentence. It means to be pronounced guilty and sentenced to punishment. But Romans 8.1 is a verse full of important words. The most significant word in the whole verse is the word no. In fact, when Paul wrote this verse in the Greek language, no is the first word in the Greek text. Sometimes they moved words around for emphasis. So if you were to read that in the Greek text, it would say, no, not any, and then the rest of the verse. You see, Paul is not saying that we don't have some condemnation. He is saying we have no condemnation. Not only that, but the fact is we don't have limited condemnation. We don't have appropriate condemnation. We don't have calculated condemnation. We don't have a little condemnation. We have no condemnation. What does that mean? Well, the most basic meaning of no condemnation is that there is no rejection by God. God will not turn you aside. He will not kick you out of his family. (laughs) No matter what you do, he will never, ever leave you. The second thing no condemnation means according to Ray Steadman, is that God is not angry with you when you struggle in life. You want to be good? You want to stop doing this? When the moment of temptation comes, you find yourself overpowered and weak, and you give away. And then you hate yourself for what you've done. And though you may condemn yourself, God does not. You know why? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The third thing is that no condemnation means God will never take you to the woodshed because of your struggles. You may punish yourself. You may be frustrated. You may cry out, oh, wretched man that I am, as Paul did in Romans 7. But God doesn't say that. Even when you are being corrected for disobedience, you still are not being condemned. I want you to get that message today because so many people live like the young man who was still in prison in his mind. You are not condemned. If you're a Christian, your sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. You are free. You are not under condemnation. And here's what Charles Cranfield said. For those who are in Christ Jesus... There is no divine condemnation since the condemnation they deserve has already been fully borne by the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. He condemned sin for us. He took the penalty we deserve. Do we deserve to be condemned? Absolutely. Probably just for what we did last week. But God took that and he placed it on his son Jesus Christ. All the condemnation that you and I deserve was leveled on him when he died on the cross. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, what a truth that is, how that should liberate us and free us. Then the Bible says the relationship of this freedom belongs to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, Everything we have, according to Paul, is because we are in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? 
Did you know that this expression is one of Paul's favorite expressions? I think it's in every one of his epistles in Christ Jesus. And it pictures a new sphere into which the believer is brought at salvation. The concept of being in Christ is not an easy one to grasp, but I want to tell you a story from the Old Testament that will help. When the ark was finished and a perfect way of escape from divine wrath was provided, an invitation went out. Come into the ark with all of your household, Genesis 7-1. The Bible says the ark was pitched within and without. Interestingly enough, with pitch, which is the identical word used elsewhere for the word atonement. The ark was covered with pitch. It was covered with atonement. Between the saved in the ark and the waters of judgment without was the hewn wood and the pitch. And once Noah and his family were safely in the ark, we read that the Lord shut him in. Here was complete security. When the wrath of God came down in the flood, where was Noah? He was in the ark. When the wrath of God comes down on the world because it's so well deserved, we are not in the ark, we are in Christ. And Christ has taken everything for us. And we are in Christ, and Christ is with us. Once again, let me just tell you a little football story. Here's a story by Rankin Wilborn, who explains in his own terms what it means to be in Christ. He said, when I was in junior high school, I played football on an organized team for the first time, and my size gave our team a distinct advantage You see, I was the smallest player on the field. I was so small, in fact, that when I had the ball, the opposing team couldn't see me. So in crucial situations, when we had to have the yards, our go-to play was called refrigerator right in honor of the Chicago Bears defensive lineman turned running back, William the Refrigerator Perry. You remember him. Coach Junior set Andrew, the biggest guy on our team, in front of me as a blocker. And the quarterback handed me the ball with Andrew leading the way. One man made a way for another. I was completely obscured by his strength and powerful work. But I was running to freedom. Everything that was supposed to hit me hit Andrew. He blazed a path for me against hostile forces. He made a way to glory. I was hidden in him. And the Bible says that those who belong to Christ are so intertwined with his life that when he died, we died with him. Everything that was supposed to hit us, even the judgment of God for our sins, instead hit Jesus. He blazed a path against hostile forces, seen and unseen. He made a way to glory. One man made a way for all to live. We are hidden in Christ. That's one picture of being in Christ. We're in the ark. We're following the Lord. I try not to read too many quotations from old writers because they talked funny. (laughs) And sometimes you wonder, what are they saying? And even some of the words, have you noticed when you read old documents, some of the words are spelled wrong. They have extra, like they put an E on the end of a word. What is that? Where did it come from? You know, what's that? But if you're going to get some really wonderful truth, you have to dig a little deep once in a while. And I want to tell you what Martin Luther said about what we're saying today. He said, It is impossible for a man to be a Christian without having Christ. And if he has Christ, he has at the same time all that is in Christ. What gives peace to the conscience is that by faith, our sins are no more ours. 
but Christ upon whom God has laid them, and that on the other hand, all of Christ's righteousness is ours, to whom God has given it. Christ lays his hand upon us, and we are healed. He casts his mantle over us, and we are clothed. For he is the glorious Savior, blessed forever. Faith unites the soul with Christ as a spouse with her husband. Everything which Christ has becomes the property of the believing soul. Everything which the soul has becomes the property of Christ. Christ possesses all blessings and eternal life. They are the property of the soul. The soul has all of its iniquities and sins, and they become thenceforth the property of Christ, who is both God and man. Christ who never sinned and whose holiness is perfect. Christ the Almighty and Eternal, taking to himself by the ring of faith all the sins of the believer. Those sins are lost and abolished in him, for no sins dwell before his infinite righteousness. Thus, by faith, the believer's soul is delivered from sins and at the same time clothed with the eternal righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you believe that? Hallelujah. Listen to me. Some time ago, I told you this in a different way. Do you remember this? There are two books. This book is the book containing all of David Jeremiah's sins. I'm not going to tell you how many pages are in the book. This book is a book that contains all of the righteous characteristics of Jesus Christ, the righteousness of Christ. When I became a Christian, God switched the covers. His righteousness came over my book that was filled with sin. My sin filled up his book that was filled with righteousness. The Bible says Christ became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. The Bible teaches you are free from the penalty of sin because you are in Christ. Amen. You know, as uh, I told that little story about the book covers, I just uh, recently came back from the National Quartet Convention, and I met a man there who heard that message that I gave when I gave it originally and wrote a whole song called The Cover of the Book, and the song is incredible. He did a great job, and uh, he's actually taken this whole idea of the two covers and developed a witnessing message and methodology that he's used for this last year. And he was telling me some of the stories of uh, what has happened. The guy's name is Phil Rush, and he sings with a group of poets. He's a, written a lot of songs for Southern Gospel music, and he's a tremendous guy. But this, uh, this song captures this message, Romans 8, 1 through 4. We'll come back with the rest of it tomorrow. I hope you will be able to join us. Thursday and Friday, we're going to talk about the war that goes on within each of us as believers. The message is called the spirit and the flesh. Hey, friends, don't forget, we're going to the Caribbean at the end of the year. You're running out of time to register. We have, we're going to have a good little group of people on our Caribbean cruise as we sail out of 2021 and into 2022. We'll have great music. Uh, we're going to have some wonderful fun. We're going to enjoy the warmth of the of the uh, Caribbean climate and visit some incredible ports. What a great way to end the old year and begin the new. You can find out all about it by going to our website. There's a space there dedicated to this Caribbean cruise. And then, of course, later on, we're going to the Holy Land in March of 2022. We're getting quite a crew of people to join us. 
March the 22nd through April the 1st, our Holy Land tour. All of that is described and developed for you on our on our website. We have a new app that gives you information, helps you process it. And so go there and learn all about it and join us in the Caribbean, December 30th through the 8th of January, in the Holy Land, March 22nd through April 1st, 2022. Before I say goodbye, don't forget to order your copy of the Romans Journal. Send your gift. Ask for the journal. We'll send it to you. You can get started right away in this incredible spiritual discipline. I'm David Jeremiah. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Romans 8, The Greatest Chapter in the Bible, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine turning points and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Romans, The Written Word Journal designed by David to help you know God's Word more deeply by writing the book of Romans in your own hand. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in English Standard, New International, and New King James versions, available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Romans 8 here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. If you've been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world you can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. John W. Gardner was a member of President Lyndon Johnson's cabinet and a leader in education reform. He made this observation about history. History, he said, never looks like history when you are living through it. It always looks confusing and messy, and it always feels uncomfortable. 
That's how much of our life feels. Not noble and memorable, but messy and uncomfortable. And yet, it is history nonetheless, if not to anyone else, but our children and those who come after us. The question is not, what kind of moment are we living, but what kind of history are we leaving? This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover why every moment is important to God on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.